All right, we are uh, doing the follow the prompt bonus sermon, and I do have news for you at this service. This is the bonus of the bonus, okay? I know a couple weeks ago I said I didn't want to do bonus sermons back to back and then put one online that most of the church won't hear on the weekend services, uh, but it only took me two weeks to break my own rule. And uh, so at the service before this, I preached uh, sermon four of the series, which would have been a bonus sermon. Now, this is sermon five of the series, so it's the bonus to the bonus, all right? So now, if you're in this service, you're going to need to go and watch the other one online, and everyone else is going to have to watch this one. Does that make sense? All right, and thank you, thank you, thank you for being gracious. And uh, I will say, um, this is a teaching, and it's building on where we were last week, or last uh, service, but in no way were you like, okay, great, now I don't know what he's going to talk about. This fits as a, by itself. You'll be able to track with me. And uh, in the last service, I talked about that God still speaks to us, and he speaks to us and gets us to do these advanced prompts, advanced prompts, things that are uh, much harder to uh, decipher. Is that really you, God? Is that you? Is that, that one sounded a little weird. I'm not sure if that's the right thing. And we looked in Acts chapter 9. Uh, where Ananias is, is saying, like, God, is that really you telling me to go pray for Saul? Because Saul is a killer, and he's putting people in jail, and I don't know if I'm supposed to start a prison ministry or if I'm going to die. What do you want to do? Why are you making me go there? He's trying to figure out how to follow the prompt. In Acts chapter 10, we looked at Peter. He, the Lord is saying, go and speak to this guy, Cornelius, and uh, he's like, I don't think we're supposed to go there, and God's like, I'm changing it. I'm doing something different, and Peter follows the prompt and goes and speaks to Cornelius, which incidentally is how you and I got in on this. Cornelius is really like one of the first Gentiles where from there, missions spread around the world. The church changed after Acts chapter 10, and now it wasn't just Jewish people becoming Christians. It was Gentiles and the whole world starting to become Christians. And so that happens in 10. Then in 13, the Bible says, separate from me Paul and Barnabas, and they're going to be missionaries, and they're following the prompt over and over and over again. So this is advanced prompts. And... um, Sometimes, like, those seem pretty normal as we look at them, but I can tell you, in the moment, they were pretty weird. They were outside of normal. Go pray for a killer of the church. Go speak to people that you were forbidden to speak to before. Go and separate these people and send them out to reach people that you don't even know and fund the mission. Send them with some money and support. These are way outside of normal, okay? But there were some bold or weird uh, requests, and I asked the staff to help me out on this in the Bible. And God called people to do some really weird things, and you better be sure that you're hearing God if you have this prompt. Because he tells Hosea, Hosea, I want you to marry a prostitute. How many think you better hear the prompt of the Lord there? Imagine him explaining that to his mom and dad. Yes, the Lord said. Okay, you know, that's just way out there. Gideon, the Lord's like, okay, I want you to cut your army down. Follow the prompt. I want you to go into battle. You're already outnumbered. I want you to cut it down. No, that's too big. Cut it down to just a couple hundred and go into battle. And matter of fact, when you go into battle, have a lamp and a trumpet. You know, could you imagine like, Lord, is that really you? Because in case you didn't know, it's trumpets don't kill anybody. Okay, you know, I'm just trying to figure this one out. These are weird prompts. Uh, Joshua, march around uh, Jericho. Don't say anything. And the walls are going to fall down. He's like, well, we got some battering rams. We could do that. And God's like, no, I just want you to march. And again, these make sense to us because we look at them there. 
um, to Abraham, sacrifice your only son. How many know you better hear the prompt of God right there? You better be very clear in that prompt there. Abraham had to know it. How about build an ark? You better hear that prompt. And don't get me started on Noah. All right. The movie. All right. That's another bonus sermon. All right. Um, Leave your land and follow me, which he said to Abraham. Leave your land. Leave the business. Think about it. He's telling Abraham, leave the family business. Follow me. I got something better for you to do. How about Joseph? Go ahead and marry your fiance, Mary, because the baby she's going to have is conceived of the Holy Spirit. That's like, that's you, right, God? Right? And can you imagine telling your friends and your family, I, I, I heard God. It's, it's all good. Yeah, whatever. Okay. You couldn't control yourself. No, I really, I heard the prompt. I heard the prompt. These are all things, again, um, in one really crazy one, Ezekiel, like, lay on your side for hundreds of days because I'm angry with the people that are not following me anymore, and I want you to lay on your side as a form of protest. And you're like, I might do that one. Do I get cable? Or, you know, like, okay, that's not the way it works, all right? But here's some steps. Here's some practical things that are going to help you to understand when the prompts are from God. Are they from God? Because these are, these are tough things to figure out. They're tough things. And so these are some list of things that will help you. And I want to let you know that Lauren Cunningham, uh, the founder of Youth with a Mission, had a, a great list that I've used in this. And then several other pastors have compiled it together and uh, have made this list for you. These are ways that you can figure out if the prompt that you're hearing, is it God? Is it the enemy? Is it pepperoni pizza? You're going to have to figure this out, all right? So the first thing is this. First of all, it's not complicated. First thing you want to just realize when you're trying to figure out if it's God, it's not complicated, okay? Now, to show you this, that it's not complicated and that God does want to speak to us here today, here in all of our campuses, if God has spoken to you, if you have heard him, if you followed a prompt, God said, go here, sell this, give this, do this, speak up here, whatever. If you've heard a prompt from God and followed it, I want you to raise your hand. So all across this place, all of our campuses, if you've ever heard a prompt, go ahead, raise your hand. Now look around the room. Look at that. These people are saying, I've heard a prompt. Okay? A lot of people, go ahead, put your hands down. Over half, about two-thirds. Okay? So I want to demystify this. And some of you are like, I don't know that. You're going to learn. And that's why we're doing this series so you can understand. It's not complicated. And in order to make it not complicated, just learn to submit. Learn to submit that you say, yes, Lord. And whenever the prompt is coming, you're saying, I'm going to make this not complicated. I want to live a life submitted to God, and I'm going to follow those prompts. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So as we submit to him, it's not complicated. We're going to be submitted to God and he's going to make our paths straight and he's going to speak to us and help us to understand that. In the midst of this as well, we're going to resist the enemy. Let's continue with Proverbs 3, verses 7, 8. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So he's saying, if you trust in the Lord, he's going to direct you. And and then he says, stay away from evil. If you stay away from evil, you're going to be able to follow God. How many know that having a pure heart will help you hear God better? How many know that the sins of this world start to cloud out the reception that you have between you and God? And so you resist the evil. And and with that, we can just expect him to speak. He is going to speak. Okay, so number two, allow him to speak how he chooses. 
Allow him to speak. A lot of us say, well, I want you to speak to me this way in prayer. God may say, I'm not going to speak to you that way. You say, well, then I want an audible voice. He says, I'm not going to do that. You can't handle it. You say, well, how, you, how, you, how do you want to do this? He may speak to you in prayer. He may speak to you in a random moment, just random. You know, many times when I'm preaching, people say, like, that was really good. And I'm like, that wasn't even in my notes. That was random. Like, the Holy Spirit was giving me that thought right while I was going, and he's speaking to me. He does that all the time throughout my day. And he'll do that to you. He'll randomly speak to you. Sometimes he'll speak to you while you're reading your Bible. It is true that he could speak audibly. It is true that he could speak to you in your dreams. That is true. You could speak to your It is also true that he could give you a vision. What do I mean by that? You might be worshiping God, and all of a sudden you see like a picture of something happening. And you just are like, maybe God's like showing you greeting somebody, wearing a red shirt, and, and you're, all of a sudden you on greeting the next service, and you're there, and all of a sudden the person with the red shirt, you're like, hey, how, what do you hear? I mean, how did I know that you were coming? You see what I'm saying? He might give you a vision. Some of you are like, does that really happen? It really, really happens. It really happens, okay? So he may speak to you in the vision. Matter of fact, Paul received his Macedonian vision. In Acts 16, it says, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Now think about that. He's having a vision of somebody begging him to come to that place and help them. And I can tell you right now, all around the world, missionaries are telling me that people will have a dream that God is going to send someone to them. I was talking to one guy, and he said that every day he shares his faith with somebody, tries to follow the prompt, and he's in a country, a very restricted country. And he was saying that he, he was walking down the street that night, and he hadn't got the prompt of God, and he's walking down the street, and there's a guy standing by a light pole, and the guy at the light pole came running up to him and said, God told me you were going to show up today and talk to me and give me the hope I need. Where have you been? I've been here all day. Imagine that, standing there waiting for somebody to tell him about Jesus, and this guy is following the prompt. And the interesting thing was, he just was like, I'm just going to wander until I know where God wants to lead me. He was so in tune with following the prompt, he's wandering down the right streets. But it's interesting, Paul wants to do something totally different, and then God gives him a vision of somebody begging for help. It's an amazing thing. Henry Blackaby says this, he says, we miss God because we expect one way and he directs us another way. So let's just go to God and say, God, however you want to speak to us, through your word, through prayer, through a moment, through a spontaneous thought, whatever's going, through a vision, through a dream, however you want to speak to me, I'm open to hearing from you. Another thing, third thing, does it line up with his word? Does it line up with his word, with the Bible? Because the, the Bible tells us that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Sometimes we need the Bible to judge those thoughts and those prompts. And it's very important that we line up with the Bible. And I'm telling you, this is very critical because many people will come to me and they'll say, I think the Holy Spirit is leading me to fill in the blank. It's usually wrong, it's usually immoral, it's usually against his word. I think the Holy Spirit is asking me to divorce my spouse and marry this other lady in the life group. I'm like, nope, not God. 
Not God. Well, but I have peace in my heart. Doesn't matter. You'd have peace if you were smoking weed. Don't worry about it, all right? It's not God. It's not God, okay? Well, but I just feel so good. Yes, sin feels good for a season, but it's not right. It doesn't line up with his word. I'm just telling you, people are, and people are deceived all the time. People say, well, God told me to quit the church and not attend any church and just stay by myself. Nope. The Holy Spirit unites. He does not isolate. It's just against his word, okay? So you just see, we're, we're, this is where we have to say, does that line up with God's word? John 16, 13, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He'll speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He's going to guide you into all truth, and the truth is in God's word, okay? So don't tell me how peaceful you feel. Don't, they, I've had people crying in my office, but I love him, but I love him, but I love him. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, you, you made a vow and you need to stick true to that vow. Stop it. You, it's not God's will for you to leave that person and it's not. They're like, but they're an upgrade. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I heard somebody say, it may not have been God's will then, but once you made the vow, it's God's will now. I like that one, you know. Stay. All right, another thing. Does it line up with the names of God? Does it line up with the names of God? His names, counselor, comforter, teacher, giver of life, healer, deliverer. God's thoughts edify, exhort, comfort. Satan's thoughts line up with his various names. Accuser, adversary, thief. His thoughts condemn, bring despair, rejection, fear, doubt, unbelief. So you can say, well, whose thoughts are these? Which of these is it lining up with? Is this bringing despair on my children to leave and go there? Then it's not God's thought. Do you see that? And so we're saying, does it line up with his names? Does it line up with what we know about him? Does it line up with his word? Another thing, number five, does it take you closer or further away from God? Again, the counterfeit things, the things that are wrong will take you further away from God. They'll take you into disobedience. These will take you away. Like people say, well, I think, again, I'm supposed to not go to church ever. No, that's taking you further away. You say, well, God, I think God's calling me to be a missionary. That's taking you towards him. Do you see this? Is it taking me toward him or away from him? He's calling me to give more, to serve, to lead, to sacrifice. These are all things that are moving me toward God. Number six, get your own leading. We need to realize this. When we're trying to decipher, is this God? Is it not God? You need to get your own leading. Now, others will confirm the thing that God is already speaking to you. I want you to know that. So God has already talked to Paul in the book of Acts, and he said, I've separated you. I've called you. He's confirmed that with Ananias, and I'm sure Ananias has shared that with Paul now because his name was Saul. Then they changed it to Paul. Then we have later on in Acts, the Holy Spirit says, separate for me Paul and Barnabas. You see, it had already started back here. He wasn't surprised, like, who, me, missionary? The, the church just elected me? I had no clue. You see, it was already going on, and then this was confirmed later on. Now, God will use these other gifts to confirm words that are spoken to you. You feel a prompt. You feel prompt, and let's just use this because I'm most familiar. Like He says, uh, you're going to be a missionary. You're like, who, me? God, is that me? Is that really you? I don't know if that's you or me. I don't know if that's you or me. 
And so you're praying about it. You're praying about it. Maybe you join a life group that deals with missions. And you're like, man, I don't know. I'm just trying to hear the voice of God. And then somebody who doesn't even know you comes up to you and goes, God just told me. Matter of fact, I'll use this because I just thought of this. Um, Becca never wanted to preach to women, never wanted to preach. She was an accountant, shy, shy, shy. Never wanted to, she said, don't ever bring me on the platform. And then one day in church, God says, you're gonna preach to women. You're gonna lead the ladies' ministry at River Valley. She's like, no, Lord, not me. And he's like, yes, you, you're gonna do this. Within minutes after that service, one of our staff, pastor's wives, comes up and goes, God gave me a word for you a couple months ago, said I couldn't share it till now. Does this mean anything to you? He wants you to preach to women. Becca just starts bawling, no. Lord, <laughs> but she answered the call. See, it's that prompt, that confirmed. Interesting that God gave it to this other lady months earlier so that in that moment, and then right there released it, right there released it, but it confirmed what God had already been doing in Becca, okay? So get your own leading, okay? And, and, and the, when we are dealing with these gifts, let's be very cautious, because I've been in some churches where they're like, okay, um, you're going to be a missionary, and then they don't realize that the person's married to you, and then they're like, you're going to be a pilot, and then you come over like, well, you said he's going to be a missionary, and I'm going to be a pilot. Yes, together you'll be a missionary pilot couple. All right, you know, and they're like, okay, I don't know. You know just let's, let's make sure that it confirms what God's doing and doesn't send you off on a tangent. Now, when you get your own leading with this on the same thing, when others confirm it, just hold it for a while. Just hold it. Hold it until God says to release it. Why? Because sometimes pride can build up. You're like, look at me. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to go to the nation and do great things. And God's like, well, you're 12. Why don't you go to school right now and, and get that figure? You see what I'm saying? Sometimes you may have to hold it so pride doesn't build up. Sometimes you can presume and speak before you know the whole plan. You're like, God told me I was going to be there. Well, you're thinking God told you you were going to be there, and you might have been thinking like you were going to be the big speaker on the stage, and God's like, no, I really want you there so the young lady with you is going to give her testimony that's going to set people free. And you're like, yeah, God's called me there. I know. He spoke. It was a prompt. I'm supposed to go on this mission trip, and I'm going to do great things. And you're filling in the blanks before you have the details. Don't do that. So sometimes you need to hold it. Sometimes you can miss the timing. Sometimes when you share the prompt too early, you confuse people, and they're like, I don't get it. I don't see that. Okay, let's keep moving. Um, number seven, consult the body, the church. What do I mean by that? Uh, in Acts 13, it says in verses two and three, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. They were missionaries and they were called individually, but they were confirmed and sent out by the church, all right? So I want to walk you through this because we are believing that at least 100 families will answer the call of God, 100 missionaries in our church. And I will tell you this, that one missionary prayed that we would have 500 families that would answer the call. And I don't want to go into all the details. I said it in the other sermon. But somewhere between 100 and 500 is what we're praying for. We know that God spoke to us 100. We, it may have been God speaking to him for 500. If that's the case, we're going to have to grow. We're going to have to increase giving. All this is going on. But let me just tell you, I know that at least 100, and I want to walk you through this process. You feel the call. You say, God, is that you? Is that you? Is that you? Sorry, I'm way far away from closing. We're going over. Sorry, you're on the keys. and Sorry, I just distracted everybody. But you can just chill for about five minutes, maybe seven minutes. All right. They're staying late. Sorry, you were so good. Sometimes I call them and they're not here. You were just money. But all right, back to this. All right. 
follow the prompt. All right, no, I just get it. I just get it. All right, it's all good. It's all good. He's so good. All right. Um, you're a missionary. Okay, you're a missionary because there's like 12 points. Okay, so I'll go quick. I'll go quick. All right. Now do you see why this is the bonus of the bonus? All right. Okay, you say, I feel called, and you go to your leaders, and your leaders say yes or no. They may say yes. If they're saying yes, it's because they see a track record. If they say no, it's probably because there's not a track record in your life. And what we see is usually God calls people into the mission field. God calls people, and he says it's people with a track record that have been faithful, that have something to judge them. Because here's the deal. If you think the battle's fierce here, go to foreign soil in a country where it's 95% uh, not Christian and be by yourself, trying to raise up the church in a place needing signs and wonders, having all hell fight you by yourself. That's why you need to be sent by a church that'll pray for you and lift you up, okay? So this is going on, so yes or no, all right? Now, Kramers, Princes, Aishans, all these people, they had obvious track records. Alan, Steph, they had obvious track records. So we're like, yes, yes, yes. If you don't have a track record and you feel a call, your pastor is going to tell you to circle back and build a track record. Lead a life group. Join the missionary call group. Get involved. Lead a ministry. Start to learn. Get credentials. You see what I'm saying? There's a track record going on, okay? You say, well, I felt the call. Well, it's timing. Timing is everything. And God has placed elders in a church because you have to be sent out under authority. When you are sent out under the authority, you're underneath that spiritual covering from the church. And we are also fighting the spiritual battles with you. You don't want to be on your own, okay? Now, we commission you. We help you raise support, and you're sent under the authority. We will mentor you. We will help you, and it's a process that goes on. All right? So when you feel this, you're going to consult with the church. That's what that call. But there are other things. I don't know. Is that God or not? We've had people say, I don't know. Is that God or not? I felt led to give that. Is that God or not? It, can you do that? And you say, well, you'd always say yes, wouldn't you? I can remember one young man. He said, I want to give everything I make this year. I said, how are you going to live? He said, I don't know. I just want to give it all. I said, how about if you do this? How about if we set a number right here, and that's your, just what you do? And if God provides, you do that. He's like, great. And I coached him because he was a young teenager. He's like, I want to give everything. And I mean, he needed to pay bills. And so I said, how about this? And he still gave thousands of dollars. And at the end of the year, he said, that was a little overzealous. And I said, yeah. Yeah, I, I, did, I didn't think you were going to make 300000 this year. I didn't quite think you know, it was going to be there. But it was, a, it was just a fun thing to grow with them through it. Here's another thing. Never use the counterfeit. Ouija boards, horoscopes, seances, fortune tellers, astrology, off limits. You may be desperate for a word, desperate for direction, off limits. Not approved at all. Leviticus 20, verse 6, I will set my face against anyone who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute themselves by following them, and I will cut them off from their people. Leviticus 19, 26, do not eat any meat with the blood still in it. Do not practice divination or seek omens. Manasseh in 2 Kings 21 was a bad king. Why? Because in the two courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to the starry hosts. And he's like using astrology. He's like, God's like, no, he's a bad king. And let me give just a minute on the Noah rant. There was no drinking special potions to get a word from God like the Noah movie did. It's wrong. That was banned. God's not going to break his rules and be like, all right, now I want Noah to just have a little bit of uh, hallucinations and get uh, a little drink of tea and then get a word from me. That's not the way it works. It's, not the, it's banned. Okay, in 1 Samuel 28, King Saul needs a word from God, doesn't get one, so he goes to the witch of Endor, and I don't have time to develop it, 
But it's amazing. When I stood in Israel and I saw where the Israelites were encamped and where the Philistines were and the, the mountain uh, where he would have had to gone around, it says at night he dressed up in the cover of darkness. He went behind enemy lines to talk to the witch of Endor to get a fake word from God. And God that day said, I've taken the kingdom from you. That's not right. That's not right. What you've done is wrong. And he risked his own kingdom. He risked his own life. He went around the enemy, could have been killed, ruined everything in that moment. And he goes to a witch and God's like, nope, that's not the way I deal. That is not the way I deal. Matter of fact, in Acts chapter 8, when um, Simon the sorcerer kind of is thinking like, this is kind of cool. This is like uh, the magic that I do. And the apostles are like, it is nothing like your magic. This is God, that's deception and counterfeit. It is nothing like that magic. God will guide us, but he's not doing it the way you think, okay? So make it very clear. Some might have to repent. Matter of fact, it may not even be somebody here. It might be somebody that eventually watches this. Can I just say, you have to repent. You have to renounce that sin and say, I've been involved in that stuff. I will not be it. I want the things from God, not the counterfeit. Do not let that stay on you. Okay, real quick. Realize practice makes it easier, uh, young Samuel was like, Eli, is that you calling me? Old Samuel is like, thus saith the Lord. Old Samuel's like, I know what God's saying. Here's what he's saying. When he's a kid, he doesn't know it, but practice makes it easier. With that being said, be very careful about our thus saith the Lord's. Okay? We get out there sometimes, we're like, the Lord told me you're supposed to do this. Okay, did he? Let's be very careful with our thus saith the Lord. I've learned this early in church when I was a young pastor. People like to come in and play the God card. God told me you're supposed to hire me. <laughs> Gave me the salary too. I'm like, really? All right, that's good. You know, I mean, people like want to play the God card. God said you're supposed to do this. God said you're supposed to. I was like, nope. And then for a while there, I was like, no, he didn't. God told me you were coming and you were false. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, it was like, man, it was bad. And then I realized, like, wait, 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 because how many know that's like the trump card? How do I argue with God told me, right? So you better be very careful. And I can tell you this, the older I get, the more this is how I do it. This might be God. I'm feeling a leading. It could be God. I'm not sure, but I think it's God. Why? Because we're dealing with the supernatural. We're dealing with the supernatural. Humanity and God connecting, and I don't want to be like, Thus saith the Lord, this is absolutely 100%. But sometimes he gives me that. Like when we got into our Apple Valley building, I'm telling you beyond any shadow of a doubt, God said, this will be your building. This will be your land, no doubt, okay? So he does do that sometime, but I don't play that trump card I, with just casually. It's more like, I feel he could be saying this. And over time, you'll know him better. If you've been married for a long time, how many know that over time you'll learn? You'll learn each other's uh, just looks, whispers, thoughts. It just happens. Okay, a couple more real quick. Consider the outcome. A good question to ask is, will God be glorified or will self be glorified? Is this whisper, is this whisper for my ego or for God's glory? And here's another thing. Consider the outcome. God's prompts usually lead to action. People will get helped by your prompt. Okay, if you look at it, there's usually, go ahead, work, sacrifice, sell out, take action. Okay, now here's something to realize. If God prompts you, if he calls you, if he redirects you, don't let money, the city you live in, your preconceived plans, any of that stand in the way of his call, his prompt. Don't let it. Let me tell you something. Pastor Justin Mack wanted to go to law school and be a lawyer, and God said, I have different plans for you. Anthony Richards was a successful businessman. 
And God said, leave Australia and move to the frozen tundra of Minnesota. And incidentally, if you ever get a chance, ask Pastor Anthony, he's probably gonna get inundated with this, but ask him how God just confirmed this with the bulletin that we had. And I'll give you a little bit of the story, maybe you can see it someday. He showed up his first day, and our cover of our bulletin that day was a map of Australia. He was like, God, is this the right church for me to join? And he shows up and it said, you are here. And it was a map of Australia, and it was right on the hospital that uh, his wife worked at. And they're like, do you see this? He still has that bulletin framed in his office. Kind of cool. Lindsay, Pastor Lindsay, she left it all, was in business, followed it, and God said, I'm going to have you step out and start your own consulting company so you can give more to the kingdom of God. Pastor Ryan, uh, worship leader, he wanted to be a rock star. Aren't you glad he's a worship leader? Okay. Yeah. Clinton and Portia. Okay. Clinton and Portia, uh, Justin and Brianna, um, they were in warm weather states and God called them here. And some of you see, that's why I don't listen. See, I don't want to, you know, but that's, you just follow the prompt. The Prince family. He had just built Target Field, and then God's like, I'm calling you to Swaziland. Follow the prompt, okay? Man, consider the outcome of them following the prompt. Following the prompt, and it goes on and on. Perfect timing on the keys. Thank you very much. <laughs> perfect timing, perfect timing. All right, two more. Just the thought with that. Not everyone goes and moves. Not everyone leaves, because we need goers and we need givers. And it's really a, a greater proportion of people staying and giving and launching and then goers, okay? So you gotta figure out which one you are. Last two, write down the prompts. Keep track of them for later because God doesn't always give it to you in the moment. You're like, God, I, I need to know why. And he's like, I'm not gonna give it to you now. And you're like, you might have to ponder it like Mary did in Luke chapter two. It says, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. She's like, what's going on with Jesus? What's going on with my baby? What's going on? I don't get it all. She kept pondering it and waiting for the revelation to come. I'm just telling you, sometimes God may give you a prompt and you don't know what it is. Keith Peterson, one of our elders, went into a party one time, just a party in, with some friends and very just nondescript party. And God says, go over to that guy and hug him for a minute. Keith's like, okay, what? And God's like, go hug him right now and don't let go of him for a minute. So he goes over in the party and hugs him. And you know, Keith, Keith's like 6'7", 290 pounds, and he hugs this guy for him, won't let him go for a minute. And, and then the guy just lets go and is like, okay, and then walks away. How many of you know Keith at that moment was like, Lord, that must have been pepperoni. That was not you. <laughs> he gets in the car that night and his wife goes, kind of saw that hug. Well, <laughs> what was that? You know, and he's like, well, it was God. He told me to hug him for a minute. And uh, yeah, I feel a little awkward. We'll just ponder that one. A couple days later, he gets an email. And the guy says, you don't know this, but I had drifted away from God. And I had said, there's no way you could ever take me back, God. There's no way. There's no way. I'm giving up on church. I'm giving up on you. I'm giving up. There's no way. You don't love me. There's no way. And he said, and then you came over and hugged me for a minute straight. And the whole time was like, this is my hug. God was saying, this is my hug to you. I'm not letting you go. Welcome back. Repent of your sin. Come on back. I'm not letting you go. And you can imagine, it took a minute for this to drop into his soul. And then Keith is like, see, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Sometimes you don't know, but write it down. Last one, remember this. Oh, let me just go back. Let me go back to it. 
Here's the deal. You got to write it down because over time, the devil tries to steal away the glory of that prompt. He will try to tell you that you're crazy. Write it down so that later on you can go back and go, that's why. That's why. Now I know. Now I know why Minnesota, why we gave that, why we did that, why I taught that class, why I sacrificed. It all makes sense. Last one. Remember that relationship is the most important reason to hear the prompts. It's not just trouble. Don't treat God like, God, I'm in trouble. Do I go here or there? God, I have two good offers. Is it, do I work for them or them? Don't treat God like he's only there to answer the, this, God, should I stay or should I go? If I stay, there will be trouble. Anyway, all right, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Here's the deal. God loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. The reason you want to hear his prompts is you want to know him more. You want to love him more. You want to be so in tune with him that he's got you exactly where he wants you. I'm telling you, the more in tune you are with him, the more amazing it is. Just amazing. I, I sometimes pray like, God, I, I want to even like know where I should take a seat on an airplane. Who should I talk to? Like, I'll tell you, I'll give you, I thought I missed it last night. I was sitting next to this lady on the plane and I was working on the sermon and God was like, all right, you're gonna, I could tell it was gonna be a bonus sermon and I was just overwhelmed and God's presence was so strong and I thought, was I supposed to witness to her? Was I supposed to talk to her? I don't know. We get off the plane and she's looking at the thing and I said, oh, I thought you were gonna be home in Minneapolis. She said, no, I have one more flight in Minot. I said, oh, I just preached in Minot. I was just there and she said, really, you preach there? What do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. She goes, I felt something like the whole time I was sitting next to you, I felt like a, a goodness, a godness. Like I didn't know what it was. She's like, whatever you're doing, that's really cool. And I was like, do you go to the church? She's like, no, I go to, do, do you know that God has got something for you? Do you know that he, he's, he, he, she's like, yeah, I know. And, and I was like, good, well, you need to go with that. Just God's got something for you. And then I introduced her to Pastor Justin and, and, and we, I said, hey, God bless you as you go. I don't know, maybe that's all she needed to know was that God's power was strong. But I'm just telling you, remember, it's about relationship. It's about being more in love so that we can know him better, we can serve him better, and more people can be blessed because we follow the prompt. So Lord, I pray right now, God, help us to follow your prompt. Sometimes they are so confusing. They are so confusing, but we'll be obedient. I thank God that we're in community, that the people that are listening to this are in community. They can go to their life group leaders. They can go to their friends. They can go to their elders, their deacons, their pastors, and they can help to decipher and determine the word of God and the prompts of God. We don't want to just have prompts when we're in trouble. We want to have prompts to know you better, to know you more, to serve you better, and to be more effective to advance your kingdom. Lastly, I pray again. Lord, raise up missionaries. We know for certain 100 is what we're praying for. We thank you for those that have answered the call. And if it's up to 500, we say use us. May we be excited about growth, excited about new campuses, excited about kingdom builders and global projects that will fund all this. Speak to us, Lord. We will follow the prompt. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.